on May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. We're ready, everyone. We're ready to do a podcast. <laughs> Andy Richter here. You're listening to the Three Questions with Andy Richter. And I believe this is our inaugural premiere event. We've recorded some, but this is going to be the pressure's on, Abby. Wait, it is? Yes, this is this oh, is our big launch. Man, I'm scared. Episode. Yes, yeah, so right, I'll come be, through. I'll be good. I, if, I'll be if good. If you don't cry by the end of this. I'm going to consider it a personal failure of yours. I don't know if that'll be that difficult. So we'll oh, see. really? All <laughs> no, right. No, no, no. Sweet, sweet. <laughs> well, uh, then I'll explain it to you because the people listening to I mean, mm-hmm. although I've, I've explained it before and it's not that hard to get. The three questions are, where do you come from? Where are you going? And what have you learned? And uh, we have about an hour to go through it. Well, anyway, thank you so much. And uh, Abby Jacobson is here. How about that? From Broad City. <laughs> Uh, well, and you have a book out, right? And you just I did the bo- audio yeah, book? The, I did. Yeah, the paperback comes out in the end of October because that's like what happens, I guess. it's like And it's called? Later. It's called I Might Regret This. Oh, right, right. I knew that. And I, I should know these things. I don't regret it. <laughs> you don't regret Turns the book out, at all? Nope. <laughs> so the title is a lie. It is a lie. But yeah, yeah. when I wrote it, it, it I wasn't. I guess that is true. It's it a wasn't. conditional truth. Yes. So what's that about? It is about. A couple years ago, I was really heartbroken, mm-hmm. and I was in this spot where I was really devastated. And like a, a lover broke. Yeah, your heart. yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. And it was a moment where it was had been a couple months, and I was like realizing I was such a workaholic. And Broad City, we were. I broke up, and I was devastated. And we were shooting season four. Yeah, and I was like, I would go home and be like. A different person. Yeah, but yeah. while it actually was great to be distracted by the show. Right. You have to perform. Yes. And yeah. then we edited and Alana and I sit in the edit every day. And then it was like, this was ending. And I was like, fuck, this is ending. I'm going to just be devastated. I'll, like, what am I going right. to do for this hiatus? And so I was like, I got to, I'm going to, I know what I'll do. I'll sell a book. And I'll, I'll pitch this book about this road trip because I had to be out here yeah. for work. I had like three weeks in quotes, off. And yeah. I was like, I got to create a project and I'll, I have no idea what I'll, uh, exactly it'll be, but I'll, I'm going to pitch this book and it's the only way I'll take a vacation. And yeah, I ended up, you know, going back. I went by myself for you, three you weeks. Drove? Yeah, yeah, I drove. And the book is sort of divided into chapters and it's like how I was feeling. And it's about work and me. And oh, I, It was with a woman. And I know only dated men. That's a big part. 
a woman broke your heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh, okay. I had only dated men, and it was like so. That was like a big yeah, yeah. Trans like you were used transition. to men stepping on your yes. heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's what. Or they I do. was used to probably stepping on their hearts. <laughs> Damn. Now, yeah. um, I imagine when you set out to write the book, there wasn't an aspect of "I'll show her." I'll write a book about her. No, and there it's not. It's not even. Did about- any of it get to that though? Because that would be fantastic. No, I. I it Halfway wasn't through. about her. I don't need you. It Look was- at me. Driving across the country, <laughs> writing a book. Well, you Hit know, the road, sister. I w- you know, I wish some of the book was about like that, but it's more like it's not making me look incredible. It's yeah. not about like how many people I fucked on the road. Right, right. Because I, I didn't like do anything really triumphant yeah, on the yeah. road. So it was it was did you, mostly did you about, feel pressure too? Like, oh shit, I didn't Well, I was like, here we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then I was like, this is scary. Yeah. Like I was like, I can't what am I gonna go to like a bar in the middle of West Texas yeah, by myself? Yeah, yeah. No. Absolutely. So it was like a real internal journey. Yeah. And that's what I was kind of trying to get yeah. to. And Wait, also, can I say oh go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Well, I wanted to say something real quick before I forget because I you know, there was this short story that I was in college that I loved, and I think I just loved it because of the title. Uh-huh. And I went to art school, and I did this piece about it. It's this Joyce Carol Oates short story called "Where Are You Going? Where Have You Been?" Uh-huh. Or "Where Are You? Where Have You Been? Where Are You Going?" And it and it feels so much like what your whole podcast is about. Oh wow! Where it's like I will it's look really it up. like some, and I think the short story might not even be like so much, aligned, so much about, but, but yeah, that yeah. title always was like. That is who you are. Yeah. Because those two things identify like who you are presently. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I think yeah, I the, the, the places that you've been, and I don't just mean the geographic places, I mean the sort of emotional places that you've been that are colored by the people that you're around, they're absolutely definitive. They define mm-hmm. you in a way. And it's, you know, and you can be sort of, I think there's a, a lot of people are frustrated by the amount of influence that their environment and their people around, the, you know, the environment, meaning the people around them, yeah. how much effect it has on who they are. Yeah. But you might as well get used to it. Because that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's how it. it works. That's the kind of monkey we are. You know, I mean, we soak up what we're in and yeah. it sticks. And it's you know? kind of whether how you react to it, but regardless, yeah. it's affecting you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tell me about your start. You're from... I'm from outside Philadelphia. Outside Philly, yeah. A town called Wayne. And your folks were kind of artsy, right? Yeah. Graphic designer. Yeah, and, my yeah, dad yeah. Uh, is a graphic designer and my brother is... My, I have an older brother. He is too. And they, they actually work together in Philly. And my mom growing up was a potter. Oh, wow. We had a kiln like in my basement. And wow. she would sell her work at craft shows. Yeah. In the tri-state area. You say was. Is she still? She was more of a potter and now she's like... She's kind of like a found object artist. Like she's a studio space in her house that is covered with just creations. She doesn't sell them anymore. Oh, she wow. just like makes stuff. Just makes stuff. Never went to school for it. Just goes up and like makes things, which is so inspiring. Yeah, when I yeah, go home absolutely. And see. Yeah. Does she give them away? I mean, yeah. yeah. Oh, now she kind of gives them away. Yeah. And they're also like all over the house. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, it's a very inspiring space. I talked to Lauren Bouchard, who created Bob's Burgers, mm-hmm. and he kind of talked about coming from a blue-collar artistic background and people that just kind of create because they have to create. Yeah. Like, I just feel like – I think left to my own devices, 
I wouldn't be making comedy. I would be making meals and furniture. <laughs> you know what I mean? I wouldn't like the, well, the actual like art that I get paid for. Thing. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. It's kind of hard to just do. You can't just be like, <laughs> like me come. You need to then go and yeah. like show it. But I mean, you could. Yeah, I guess you, one could conceivably sit and write comedy, but I, that's like never been my comedy anyway. My comedy has always been collaborative and. And that of, always, even if you're writing it alone, it is always kind of with the intention of showing it. Oh yeah. Where there, I think, like people that make things. Yeah. It is like supposed to be seen by other people, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. Yeah, yeah. Like it's more of a like. It's personal the making thing. of it. Yeah. yeah, it's done when they make it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my parents are. Totally that. Like they both were more blue collar. You know, my dad sort of built a business as I grew up. Yeah. So it's sort of like he was like middle and then like I probably was like upper middle class when I was a kid. But yeah, neither of my parents went to college. And How did they meet? They met when they were 15 at overnight camp. Oh, wow. Really cute. And did they start dating right away or? Yeah. uh, My mom's from South Jersey. My dad's from like downtown Philly. Yeah. Overbrook. From totally different worlds then. Totally. Across the river. (laughs) (laughs) Drastically different, like annoying accents. Yes. Yeah. Um, They got married when they were 20. Wow. And then, yeah. And they're still together? They are not together. Oh, they're not together. No. uh, They were married for like 25 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's pretty amazing it's a good, for twenty. Good run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, twenty five. I just am ending a twenty five year marriage, and it's oh, you are. Yeah, it's one of the things we read said. Think of it as the the completion of the not the end or not a failure, but as the completion, and it it it's a it long helps. Time it helps. Yeah, like I think now as an adult, everyone paints a picture of their childhood, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, they're like really good friends. I'm like in a perfect divorced, like a child of divorce, which like obviously as a kid, I was like, fuck this. Yeah. How old were you? I was 13. Yeah. So like not the best yeah, no. time, but it truly is as an adult. I'm like, they were married for 25 years. Yeah. That's a long fucking time. Yeah. I cannot even imagine being in a relationship for like five years. Yeah. So I'm like, good job. Good, yeah, you yeah. did a good job. Have they, either one of them remarried? Yeah. Or they, they're both remarried. They both? Oh, that's great. Yeah. 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 And you like your step-parents? I do. I mean, they, they might not listen to this. I do. I don't really Although refer don't to them as step-parents because it was like, I was like such an adult. Yeah. And they, I never like lived at home with them. So they're just like by their names. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, but you don't, well. No, but, but they they've been around step- for yeah, like yeah. over a decade each. Yeah. So it's, yeah, they're great. And you, I kind of see now, you know, oh, this is like, my parents are so different and this is the spouses that they- Amplify their differences in a good way. Yeah. I, like why they don't belong together. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Like you can see, like that's, she's not what mom is. Uh-uh, yeah. not at all. And he's not what dad exactly. is. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, it's that's, it's nice that you can see that. Yeah. And that they're happy and friendly enough to, you know, sort of continue. Yeah, it. we do. My brother has two kids, two little girls. And since he had them, we do Thanksgiving together. Mm-hmm. Because for them, it's like, you everybody. know, it's hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's everybody gets along. It was it's the nice. same way in my family. Yeah. There were it's a little weird. Number of divorces. Yeah. And it, it is weird and it's tense for a while. And then it just all sort of. It's know. actually just weird because my parents don't hang out. And then 
when we're together, they like will go back to like a funny story from when they were like 22. Uh-huh. And I always feel like the other spouses are like, uh-huh. Oh, really? Mm, funny. It's yeah. It's like, okay, guys, <laughs> stop with the like inside jokes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Stop being so familiar. Yes, exactly. Childhood sweethearts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be weird. Yeah. So what kind of kid were you? Were you a creative kid? Were you an artistic kid? I mean. I was, yeah. So my parents, it was like kind of like a maker household. Like I always got art supplies as yeah. gifts. Yeah, yeah. So I drew all the time. Yeah. It's cool now. I have all these sketchbooks from when I was a kid that yeah. are just like filled with, I drew a lot of people. I don't know. And characters. And I also played a lot of sports. I, so I, my brother's like three and a half years older than me. And I kind of did whatever he did. So he also went to art school. Yeah. He can draw way better than me. And he was an athlete. So I kind of just did whatever he did. At the time, did you, were you like following his footsteps? Was it a conscious decision or it just sort of happened? I think it was just like, oh, he's like so cool. But also I was good at drawing too. Yeah. And then he was, I was good at sports. So like I could go and like we would have a catch at night in the do you say that? I've gotten called out for saying, let's go no, have a catch. No, no. Play catch. Yeah, I say have a catch. Yeah, yeah. It's a Philly thing. It must be a Philly thing. Yeah, because people are like, what now? It sounds, um, it sounds like English. <laughs> let's have a catch, shall we? Let's go have a catch. I know, let's go have a catch in the yard. Yep. But we did. And yeah, like I could like be up to his level. So yeah, that was yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah. I think I got better because of I that. was I was taught baseball by my mother who's a tomboy and who learned how to catch and throw from having her older brother stand her against what was then the barn. And uh, by the time it was the same building, but it had become a a big garage and just throw the ball as hard as he could at her. And my mother- So she like had to catch it. Yeah, so she had to catch it and had to learn to not flinch. And that's the methodology my mother used on me and my brother, too. Oh, my god! She's like, it, it worked work? for me. It works for you. And, she, yeah, she could throw <laughs> the fucking ball hard. And you did have to kind of like, all right, get, get yeah. used to it. Yeah. He didn't do that. Yeah. But uh, I guess I, yeah, I don't think there yeah, was yeah. any like. No, but it, I mean, there is, you know, <laughs> I think it's very empowering for women to be able to. I, I mean, I remember, yeah. I used to play. In Illinois, we'd play fast pitch softball. That was a thing. It's 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 with a smaller ball, and and it's the big over. You know, like when oh, you see the, yeah, women's yeah. college. That's what we would play. But it was men and women, and it was all these different sort of tavern leagues. And that's awesome in Illinois. Yeah, it was really fun because it's a really fun game, and it is it's fast and it's hard and it's it's really something because. Uh, People can throw the ball over ninety miles an hour I that mean, way. That Just regular swing around yeah, yeah, is that kind windmill. of scary. Yeah, yeah. And there was a tavern that had, in its day, had urban cowboy mechanical bulls. Like it was mm-hmm. like one of those. It was like a almost like a roadhouse. <laughs> and in the back, they had a softball field, and they had all these tavern league softball f- uh, games. And our church team one time played combined with some of the women from the bar league. And I was playing first base and every time, like, I think I just left because it was kind of a casual pickup game because they threw the the women that were in the infield threw the ball so fucking hard (laughs) that it was like bruising my palm, like from second base, like it just like a kind of easy ground ball and they'd be coming and then she would just whip it in. This is an intramural league. We're going to have a drink. (laughs) You're hurting me, softball lady. (laughs) But anyway, yeah, no, I, I think neither one of my kids are 
are particularly sporty. They both are sort of okay and coordinated and play tennis and stuff, but they both, my son set the tone very early on by saying, I don't want to play in any sport where there are other parents yelling. And I thoroughly endorsed that. I was like, I can. It doesn't happen in tennis? Completely. see. Uh, it would just really. be one other not, parent. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so it, no, there's, yeah, there's like, and even then it's like the asshole parents aren't like demonstrable or demonstrative. They're I just, think this is like a thing now. Like I was a, soccer was my main sport and yeah. I play like travel soccer. I don't remember parents going nuts. Uh, yeah. I do a little bit. I remember there being angry dads. Really? Okay. And in high school basketball games, I remember parents right. getting thrown okay. out for going onto the court to yell at refs. In high school basketball. Wow. Yeah. I guess it is like a place to take out the aggression. Yeah, Yeah. but it's also, yeah, it's fucked up. It's like, it is a place where pretty much they hang a sign outside sports. It's like, bring your fucked up shit here and and work it out, you know, like. What's a shame your son is like not doing it because of the parents? Yeah, not that big of a shame. No, no. I guess. And then you don't have to be like, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, it's fine. Let's go. You know, swimming. He and I also, too, would try and we would play catch because it just seems like some sort of societal obligation, some cultural obligation that I have a son that we should go play catch. And I like baseball and I play softball and baseball. And we would go and both of us in about five minutes would be like, okay, that's enough. Let's, you know. You want to go cook something? Yeah. You know? <laughs> you want yeah, but that's, a, that's cool that that's you know? a thing. Like, cooking now is such a wider... Oh, yeah. Like, everyone's oh. so into it. And there's yeah, show... Yeah. Like, it is a... Like, teams... It can be like a team sport where you're, like, doing it with people. Absolutely. And, yeah. Absolutely. No, it is. It's... 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 It's our main thing. You should have like cooking teams. Yeah, they in high they school. do sort of. Do they? Oh, in high school, Wouldn't that no. Be cool? But you know like what? A they debate probably team? like a. It's probably cook starting. a meal, right? It's probably starting because all the shows. Yeah, would yeah. make very good sense. All right. So, uh, did you go to public school? I did. Yeah, yeah, I went to public school outside Philly. Activities, extracurriculars. I did the sports. I did. Yeah. Um, I was I was class secretary. Nice. Smoked pot. Yeah. That was an extracurricular. Uh, a lot? I did. That was like the height of my pot smoking. Really? High school. Starting? 14. 14. Wow. And then high school and college. Yeah, yeah. And surprisingly, even though I like my show is very much about that. Yeah. When I moved to New York, I didn't, I stopped smoking as yeah. much. So were, your, much. were your folks aware of it? So again, something I sort of followed my brother into. Yeah. Heavy pot smoker yeah, yeah. dreads yeah like oh, wow. the whole like followed yeah, yeah. fish yes of course uh which is why i like ended up following fish in high school and then i, I, I don't need more no offense to them but um <laughs> <laughs> i gave them up with the weed well but because i i yeah I, I gave it to the character on the show and then it's been like abby's obsessed with fish and it's such a nostalgic time in my life yeah yeah i think my parents knew and they're like they're they smoke a little bit, so like yeah, yeah. they didn't tell me that in high school, right? But now they're like, so what's the best like vape pen? You know, <laughs> we'll figure it out together. Right, right. Yeah. I'll bring you one. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I'll yeah. get you one. I'll bring you one. Um, yeah, yeah. But my my public school actually did have a great art program, so I I kept doing that. Yeah. And then I ended up going to art school for college yeah. in Baltimore. Now, what stopped the weed smoking? I just don't want to. Well, so I moved to New York after college. I was twenty two, and I think New York was like. So overwhelming. Like, mm-hmm. even though I went to school in Baltimore, which is overwhelming in a very different way, like way more dangerous, just 
feels more like real. Yeah, it's very gritty. Yeah. It's a rough town. Yeah. New York was like, wow, people are out. All night, right. and, you know, you I could be alone on the street at night. Right, I, right. I cannot in Baltimore. Like, yeah. truly didn't feel safe. Um, and that's a fairly recent thing in New York, too. That's, you know. Oh, yeah. I think maybe 20 years ago. Yeah, I, so I've only been worse. in New York like 13 years. Yeah, yeah. And I think it might have been like I was out late all the time doing comedy. So yeah. it was like every night I was like UCB, other shows, going out to the bar after. Sure. And taking the subway home. Even though I was like a little tipsy, if I was drunk, I would always take a cab. But being high, I was just, there were so many other people that seemed to like affect me. And I didn't like being high when like anyone else could like come into my world. And then I kind of just stopped. Just stopped, yeah. I mean, I smoked like sort of socially. Yeah. Did it inform your creative process as it does with some people? Yes. I didn't feel like it was helping my comedy. I couldn't oh. ever, I didn't and don't like smoking and then like going on stage. Yeah, yeah. Um, I tried it once in the years when I did improv. I thought one late show, I was like, yeah, let's go in the alley and get a little high and then get on stage. Never again. No, it's- we, Terrible waste of weed and comedy. Yeah, we yeah. did it once, Alana and I, for a Broad City live show. We used yeah. to have monthly show and it was- And was it explicit, like, it we're going like to get Broad high? It was like Broad City gets- Like, that yeah, was the yeah. theme of the show. Everyone that was on the show, like, had to smoke weed. Yeah. And it, it was like a shit show. Yeah. We were like- it, it is like an hour-long show. We're like such- so quiet, yeah. You know, like it wasn't as funny <laughs> as we was like. You didn't care about entertaining. We, no, you we just got like high. so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know, and I think also my anxiety. I didn't ever think I had anxiety. Maybe until New York. Yeah. Also, like things start to get like really real. Yeah. Like. Well, me having a job in college a, yeah, you were being isn't a the same up. as yeah. me having a job I hate in the real world. Yes. You know. So. Yes. There was like just bigger things to, I don't no, know. Being a grown up tends to have anxiety that yes, comes along yes. with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, and I understand that too. When you first get to New York, like I still don't like wearing headphones or earbuds in New York City. Really? I don't like feeling so cut off from my surroundings that I can't hear what's happening. You know, I can't. And, and it's not like I'm afraid I'm going to hear a gunshot or right. something. It's just, it feels like walking around, but just looking at your feet. Right. You know, like you are cutting you, yourself yeah, off. Yeah. You from know, the there's all kinds of other stuff going on, but you're purposely not doing it. And I, so like I say, I still very rarely wear them. I do. I do though. All now the time. Say, not all the time. Like, I walk a lot when I'm like stuck on something. I call it wolfing around because I think that's what Virginia Wolf did. Uh (laughs) You know, and I'm like, I'm going to go wolf around. Right, right. And uh, so when I'm doing that, I'll usually try not to listen to anything. Yeah. And then I have like some playlists where I'm like, I'll just put this like yo-yo ma on. Right. And like walk and like look up. It'll inspire Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not something that will like, I'll like- a podcast is different if I'm trying to, like, come up with an idea. That's yeah. not the best. Yeah, yeah. But I, you are right. It does – it closes you off yeah. so much. So when you you went to college in Baltimore to – It's it's called Maryland Institute College of Art. Uh-huh. MICA, Bachelor of Fine Arts. Yeah. I did painting and drawing, and I minored in video. Yeah. And in high school, like, I, I kind of knew I wanted to perform. Mm-hmm. I would do – in middle school, I would do coffee talk a lot, yeah, which is like sure. Linda Richmond. Yeah, yeah. I was always doing characters, but I 
my parents and no one I've had ever met in my life had done this, yeah, like had done yeah, comedy yeah. or like writing or performing. So I was like, that's not a thing one yeah, can do. Yeah. So I'll go to art school, which I know I can do and everyone right. in my family does. Yeah. And that I'm just felt completely reinforced by yeah. The, yeah, this choice is reinforced by my surroundings. Exactly. You know? Even though I was like, that's a hard life too, unless I'm going to be a graphic designer. Right, kinda. right. But I was like, this is I'll just. I'll fall back on my visual arts <laughs> yeah, rather like, than going to show back business. I'll fall on my gallery. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. And then once I started getting into the video program at school, I realized like, I was just making videos of myself as characters. Yeah. But at art school, they were projected on a gallery wall next to like paintings and sculptures. Yeah. And they were, people were like, hmm, the character. And it's like exactly what I did at UCB. It was like yeah. such like me just like kind of riffing, but yeah. it was seen more pretentiously. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, wow, I can like do this and then move to New York. Yeah. Um, did it bother you that they weren't laughing sometimes when you just were trying to be funny? Or were you no, not just trying I to be funny? No, because I wasn't. I was... I was really exploring, like, trying to be versatile yeah. with my characters and realized later, like, that was just what I was – I was just doing UCB stuff or before I got into UCB. Yeah. But I realized I really wanted to be an actor, moved to New York to go to the um, Atlantic Conservatory program. Uh-huh. So it was, like, dramatic. Yeah, yeah. But I literally went for a week because it was – Too much. It was, like, so heady. Yeah. It's mammoth. Yeah. It'd be like given a, like a play. Yeah. And it would be dissecting a line of dialogue. Like, well, okay, but what is she really saying? I was so in my head that I was. Like that line of dialogue, everyone would talk about it for an entire class yes. kind of thing. And it, you'd be oh. up on, you'd be up in front of them saying it. And I was like, but okay, but what is behind what you're saying? And I'm like, I froze. It was like, I couldn't. It's not how my mind works. And then yeah, yeah. truly my roommate at the time, who I went to college with, was like, have you ever heard of this place, the Upright Citizens Brigade? And I was like, nope. Uh, I didn't know the show. Mm -hmm. And she was like, you should go check it out. Like, it reminds me of your video work. And I went by myself one night. I don't know what I saw, but I was like, I don't know what the fuck they're doing, but like, I want to do that. Yeah, yeah. That is how my mind works. Yeah. They were bringing stuff back, and it was so present. And I was like, "Quit Atlantic, enrolled at UCB, and wow. got a stupid job." Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know how it was for you, but once I started doing improv, aside from learning how to do this skill, and you know what, at the time I wasn't even really conceiving. I didn't. I'm, I'm not a person to be super goal oriented. I just am kind of like, well, this is fun. I'm going to do this for a while and remain open. You yeah. know, that was kind of the way I've always been. But the thing that was the most powerful thing to me was that like, I found my people. Same. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was so important. Yeah. And it's, I was the same too. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to go here. I didn't know. I wasn't like, I'm going to have a show yeah. ever. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, I, I know I want to perform like something will come. This is like right here. Yeah. Get in but with it, these people at is. this place. And it yeah. was immediately, like, if, so there were some people, I'm sure when you took improv to where you're like, there's some people in this class and I'm like, I hope I don't, I hope they stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Please yes. stop. Like, yes. you're making me uncomfortable. Yes. But every class I took, there was like a couple people that I still, yeah. I still like work with Absolutely. right now. And it was, you know, I'm still really close with a lot of people I grew up yeah. with, but it's a totally different thing where it's like, wow, you want to play in the same way that I do. 
it's like we could hang out forever. Yeah. For me, it was a coming from a small town, getting to be about a senior in high school and being just crazy fucking miserable and not really quite knowing what it was. And, and I mean, I, you know, I knew I was depressed and my home had been somewhat dysfunctional and stuff, but I did not know why it was, I was having such a hard time feeling any connection to anybody around me. I went to University of Illinois for two years and kind of just did liberal arts and sciences and started to do some like photography and an acting class, which there again, I just was like, this, what does this have to do with make-believe, with making make-believe? You it know, felt like, formulaic. Yes. Yeah. And it also, it felt like th- those kind of classes to me, and I, I didn't do that. Like that's what you're talking about at the, at the Atlantic is that's like crazy dissection of something that I really don't think, I don't know how that makes you a better actor. What, what I think it, for some people. But. What, yeah, but what I think it does, first and foremost, is gives someone who's supposed to be teaching actors to act the appearance of holding keys to a kingdom yes. that quite possibly is a lie. Yeah, where it doesn't was like, exist. I was like, I don't know, what do you, what do you want what do you me to want? say? Yeah. Like, and what's the point of it? There's a clear answer you want from me, and I don't, I have no idea. No, I think it's just kind of like... There may be a functional thing to that kind of acting school where you do learn to – yourself gets destroyed. I think that's what – yeah. Yeah, and then you learn to do as you're told because yes. that's – you know, and I think that that's kind of one of the mechanisms. And that might be – as far as that business goes, <laughs> that might be like, okay, yeah, that's a good plan. You know? I think yeah. like great actors come out of that. Yeah. But yep. it also just might be like – you know, different people have different ways of learning stuff. I also like am not – I do feel a little of insecurity of like, wow, like what if I was to do a drama? Would I be able to? I couldn't do it there. You know, that kind of – like I wasn't trained yeah. in that way. Well, you probably could and maybe you couldn't. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I, I mean I've been doing this for a long time and there are sometimes – when I've done things, and I didn't do it that great. Yeah. And I was like, okay, maybe, you know, I, that was okay. I, you know, nobody ever fired me for anything. But then there's other things I do where it's, you know, the main thing is practice. You know, yeah, and just, I also it's think a lot, of, a lot of people that, I think comedy is so close to drama. So oh, I'm like, I'm like, I would love much to, to come that way around. Yeah. The funniest stuff is like the realist. Yeah. So I don't know, that whole part, I'm so happy I went there and yeah. got that because yeah, yeah. it was like, what? Well, Isn't how I want to approach life? Yeah. And getting back to the point too is like from when I did acting class, those weren't my people. No. And from University of Illinois, I went to Columbia College in film school and started to like coming from a small town in Illinois, meet like goth kids for the really the first time in my life. Yeah. And be like, oh, my God, <laughs> this goth kid is me, just I don't have black lipstick right. on. And, <laughs> and so that was like the first step of like going into film school and meeting all these people. And also, too, similar to your video projects in college, that was the beginning of my acting was because student films need actors. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you do like a round robin, like you direct this one, I'll direct the next one. Oh, cool. And one of them is you be in this one and then the next one the next person will be in. And I was capable. Like I would be in student films and after there'd be screenings, two or three people would come up to me afterwards and say, I'm doing a 
very thankless 16-hour shoot at a forest preserve <laughs> and, you know, Homewood Flossmoor, would you come and do it? And, uh, and I would do it. So I did a ton of student films, and that's where I started to learn film acting, but intuitively, just mm-hmm. because I had to do it over and over. And then after I got out and I was working in film production, that's when I started with the Improv Olympic, and, and it really was – when you find your people – you are think are eighty percent of the way towards fulfilling your life. Truly, I mean that that twenty yeah. percent is a lot. You know, you got a whole lifetime to fill that up. But once you find your group and your crowd, it makes such a difference, and it helps you know who you are. You can bounce off of those people, and they can inform you ways that you can be better versions of yourself. And I feel bad for people that don't have a crowd. You know, I mean that's uh, that don't have a tribe of some kind. And I also feel like that tribe is like. Even now in the industry, like, you're in my tribe. Yeah. Like, it's like people that did that before me are in the tribe. Yeah. And then people, I don't know, that are at UCB now, I'm like, right. well, Gonna you're eventually, in the same tribe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Whether I never even meet you. Yeah. I'm like, that's all, like, this understandable yeah. connection or something. We're even all- just knowing, like, oh, there's, like, all these people that, like, get me. Yeah. We're all the same kind of weirdo that we're drawn to this specific place. Yes. Like the people in Close Encounters made a mesa. You know, we did right. the same. we're <laughs> yeah. like, well, we should go there. Uh-huh. You know, just this feeling. And then you start doing this stuff. And then people make fun of you because you do improv. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and right, yes. rightfully so at this yes. point, yes. too. Yes. <laughs> Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... I got the charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Uh, Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. (laughs) No, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. 
Can't you tell my love's a growing? So, um, well, how did you, I'm sure you've told it a million times, but how did you and Alana just meet there? So we were, um, when you start taking classes, yeah. I don't know if this is the same for you, like form a practice group outside yeah. that you like practice with at yeah. night. And, um, yeah, we would have, they would have teams. They'd assign us to teams and we'd go to somebody's apartment and just. So we weren't like, we weren't, that was part of the thing. Like we couldn't get on the house team. Right. So you would form these practice groups from classes, from different yeah. people and and hire a coach. So I remember I met Alana. So there I, was nobody choosing this. No. It was just, it would be oh, like, all, oh, wow. oh, I'm like friends with Tim from this class. Let's like make a group and get better. Like okay. not just classes and it's a little cheaper. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like once a week and you pay like 15 pay, bucks each and sure. you pay the coach or whatever. And. So we compiled a, a bunch of people, or like six people, and I'd gone a couple weeks. And then my friend Tim Martin invited um, Alana and her brother Elliot Glazer, mm-hmm. who's like right there, written on this desk. And <laughs> so weird to this um, team. And Lennon Parham, yeah, was our coach that night. Yeah, and I and Alana was the only other girl. Yeah, and I truly was like, oh my god, the girl from Arrested Development is. Is on is practicing with me, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I truly thought it was Alia Shawkat, but I didn't know Alia's name. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, this is a girl. The show ended. I'm like, she's that would make sense. She's in New York, she's doing improv, whatever. Right. We go to McManus after the practice. That's, That's a bar. That's the bar that everyone would go to. Yeah. yeah. And we're sitting at the bar and we just like the two of us just clicked immediately. Oh, that's great. And she's a little younger than me, but we were just, I was like, this person is. Unlike anyone else I've ever met. And yeah. have you met Alana? Yeah, you've met uh, yeah, Alana. Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she I don't is, know her very well, but, but I have she met is. her. She's yeah, like yeah. vibrant in yep. this way and so- Immediately. And so like outspoken about what she feels that, you know, and we were just like hitting it off. And she, she was like, I'm from Long Island. I was like, oh, two of my best friends are from Long Island from college. And I, I, she was like, I'm from Smithtown. And I was like, they're from Smithtown. That's weird. I said their names. She was like, I know them. And I was like, you're not the girl from Arrested Development because I would know that they yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I was like, it's not her. And then- But we, you did you say that to her? Did you ever tell her no, I thought you were- I did Ali, later. Yeah, I yeah, did later. Yeah. And we ended up having- Like last week. Alia Shawkat on the show right. as someone Alana hooks up with and doesn't realize until later that she's like in love with herself because uh. they look exactly <laughs> like- But that was like a full circle for me. Yeah, yeah. But- um. And then we performed on the in this improv team for two years called Secret Promise Circle. Yeah. You know, like most improv teams' names, they're sure. terrible. Right, right. And then still while trying to get on a UCB house team or a sketch team or yeah. auditioning for terrible commercials, we could like never get anything. Right. Because I think we are that type that like we just got to make, we just got to make the thing. We're not like the castable thing unless we show we can do yeah. the thing. And so we were like, let's just, what if like we wrote a thing about this dynamic? Cause it is hilarious. I mm-hmm. am, I was such a straight man to her at the time. And that's what we do in the show. And it became a little less of that, yeah. but we made a web series called Broad City, two years, made 35 episodes and got to a point where we were like, let's try and pitch this as a show, which is insane. Yeah. And we asked Amy Poehler to be in the last episode of the web series. Yeah. 
And she was like such a delight. Yeah. We shot with her for an hour. That's what she is. Yeah. It, like it was, we're all the same height. We were like, let's around the, <laughs> literally running around the West Village with her. And we did the same thing that you were saying you did in college. We're like, at UCB, all these people want to direct. Mm-hmm. And so 35 episodes, we had like 15 different directors. Yeah. We had so many actors from the community come in. And how, did you, how did you pay for it? I'm just, uh, the nuts it was and bolts such things are a, interesting. To it me. was such a cheat. Like, we would pay the directors a hundred bucks. Yeah. And we would bring bagels. Yeah. And I would like, there was like a weird hot dog shop. I lived in Astoria and I was like, hey, can can we shoot in here after you close for 50 bucks? And they were like, sure. So it was like, so like, <laughs> yeah, we yeah. would steal, we would go into the subway and like steal it. Yeah. Because we were shooting on the Canon SLRs. Uh-huh. So it was like, and did you rent that? Did you somebody buy most it? Most of the no, most of the the directors already had, had it. Yeah, it was sort of like, do you have the thing? We need someone that has equipment, right? Right. And right. then it was like, then you can them. direct. It was. It was like <laughs> truly. It was like people that did it ended up like uh, one of them was Dan Opsel, who was Fallon's director oh, forever. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, Paul Briganti, who uh-huh. was SNL's director now forever, and yeah. like. All of these people that ended up like doing that, yeah. and which is so cool now. And so, when the guy, the director of that last one, TJ Misney, sent us back the finale, which we had spent more money on that Amy was in, we sent it to her and we were like, This is crazy, but like, we're going to LA, we're gonna try and pitch this for TV. Like, would you ever want to EP it with us? And then she was like, I would love to, and we were like, like that was yeah, almost yeah. a bigger moment than when the show Somebody sold the show, yeah. because it was like Amy Poehler, like it just was such a validation. Sure. She owns the theater that we can't get on a team. And now she's going <laughs> to, wants to like go and pitch it with us. Yeah, yeah. It was huge. Well, and that also, was like 2011. You know, Amy Poehler has exquisite taste. Whereas the people that will buy your show you can look on the same network and look at some of the things that they bought that don't exhibit exquisite taste. No. So like when Amy says, yes, I want to do this with you, it means you've got something, you know, fairly special, you know? Yeah. It was, that was a really huge moment. And then, and then we went out, we came out here in 2011. Yeah. And then we were like, just as we had planned, but now Amy was with us and we're Uh in all these meetings with Amy and like, we had cut this reel together and all this stuff. And then we developed, FX bought it. Yeah. We developed there for a year and then they passed on it. And then we brought it to Comedy Central and they got it. Yeah. They like got it yeah. and let us run with it. Yeah. I mean, and it exploded, you know, I mean, and and rightfully so. It was a really funny, unique Unique show that also, too, made me feel very old most of the really? time. Really? Yeah, it really, truly does. There's does just it? Like, yeah, just because it's like, cause, well, because I'm old. I'm 52 years old. Yeah, but it but also, also, too, it's like. But I also feel like, I don't know. I imagine you could watch it and be like, well, it's like you and Conan. It's like a different version well, of but, like. But I mean, but the, the it's the life of young people in New York right, City. Right, right. That like I had a similar sort of analog for that life. It was, you know, it was 20, 30 (laughs) years earlier. Yeah. And there's enough just sort of cultural markers and especially like lots of just like sexual politics. Yeah, yeah. Attitudes are so different that I just, I mean, I can't even like go like, I remember my days like that. It's like, oh, no, no, I never had days like that were that free and that 
Yeah. You know. And I mean, those are heightened. I'm I, I I've never had a day like that either. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> sometimes I watch it and I'm like, man, I'm old. Yeah. But yeah. It, you know, it's very heightened. Yes. But a lot of that heightening is sort of just. We were always playing five years younger. Yeah. Than we really are. KG, good <laughs> show business. You gotta gotta start early. Because well, we I'm did 17. the web series. Yeah, yeah. Because the web series. Was we've been doing the web series for two years, yeah. And so, like, when the show aired, the season one aired, I was 30. Uh, and so it was like, it's really about your 20s, yeah. So yeah. I was like, already starting, like, it was about what that you felt like, yeah. So if you got like a big, a big check for your 20s, what that felt like, right. we were trying to like amplify, yeah, that, yeah, that kind of stuff. Did that show, especially the success of it, I mean, I imagine it has to have changed you. And and in what way do you think it? Did? I mean, I don't know. Maybe it didn't change you, but I mean, I mean, it could. I think it couldn't have not. Yeah. But it also is like, listen, the show is does really well critically. Yeah. Doesn't do well ratings. Yeah. Wise, which I don't now. I'm like, what does that even mean? What's nah, going on with it, the whole thing? There's it, a lot, a lot of shows. It's all spread out so thin that it's just. It really is that the. I do think at this point, or I mean, what what the hell do I know? But. If you do get a good reputation, that's really something solid. That's yeah, I mean, it's, it's not as solid as fucking Criminal Minds or something like that, but I don't know how to make Criminal Minds, nor no, do I really I want really to make want Criminal to, no, Minds. No, yeah. I couldn't be more- Nothing against Criminal Minds. No, it's just great. not my deal, it's you know? It's not me neither. Yeah, yeah. But they they got a thing going. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't be happier with the way- the entire show went. Like, I'm yeah. like, oh my God, how did that happen? It's such a unique- Nothing before like it, and I'm sure there will be things now after it. There are already things that are sort of like it. But yeah, but that's also sometimes I'm like, oh, and then it's like, no, that's the biggest compliment. Absolutely, so absolutely. We were just trying. You showed, to use you showed our a experience. lot of people a way to be funny, and that's Thank what you. that's I love, what I mean. That's what everybody, you know, that's everybody learned how to be funny from somebody that influenced them. You know, that's one of the deepest compliments people can pay me about. This, the years I've been on television is that like, especially young, funny people. Yeah. Like you were, you were a guide for me on how to be funny. So. Yeah. I think like I learned the way I changed also was like, I learned that and like how to be confident in like trusting my observations mm-hmm. and my, like the way I feel about how, like my experience and how I can share that. Yeah. That that's funny. You're there for a reason, and it's because the choices you made. Going back from leaving Atlantic, you right. know, le- yeah. leaving the Actors Conservatory, those are all choices you've made. So you know what you're doing. So, you know, going forward, there's no percentage in acting like some Pollyanna that's like, oh, gee whiz, I'll defer to all the geniuses around me. And that isn't to say to be an asshole, but. No, no. I, I like to think I didn't change into that. I guess that's for other people to say. Right, right. Actually, I, I have so. I have some uh, interviews from people. Who, oh, no. An expose. You you're going to yeah, bring yeah. them no, up? No, no, Bring no. them up? <laughs> I don't know. I did, that's too much work. <laughs> I, just, I just, I assumed you were nice and I said, sure, let's go. I, I imagine it has to lend you a certain amount of poise going forward, you know? Yeah. You know, the thing that I kind of struggle with most is like, at first, we weren't going to have the characters have our same names. Mm-hmm. And then it was just, they have to. It yeah. just feels right. But now it is the weirdest thing to have people feel like they know me. Yeah. 
I mean, you probably feel that too. It's uh, it, the same it's thing. It's a similar kind it's of thing. It's weird. It's yeah. weird just being out. I'm I'm very like I like going to coffee shops by myself. I like going out to breakfast and like reading by myself. I like going to movies by myself, and it it, it presents a little bit of an insecurity for me. Mm-hmm. I'm like I'm being. I'm exposed, but yeah. I have it. I've chosen to literally expose myself for yep. the world. So it's a two. It's like a lot. Yeah. And I am so much like the character, but I am also very different. And I didn't share everything of myself. It's weird dating, but I also feel like it has made me guarded in a way, and also kind of have to forget what I do. Like if someone comes up to me. And I like that I've like programmed myself to do this. I don't automatically think they are coming up to mm-hmm. me for the show. I usually think they're coming up to me because like we knew each other yeah. in high school yeah. or something. Like I'm often very confused because people literally come up and I'm sure they do it to you too. They're like, Andy. Yes. Hey. And I'm like, remind me your name. Like yeah, what? And yeah, they're yeah. like, no, we don't. I just love the show. And I'm like, yeah, the show. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You learn to deal with all of that because I, when I first got on television too, I felt very, like you said, you feel very exposed. You feel like I remember shortly after the Conan show premiered, going back to Chicago at Christmas time and going with my mom to Best Buy. She needed to get a Christmas present. And I just walked around the store looking at stuff and I didn't notice because I also too am not like real good at noticing people staring at me. Thank God. But we, as we were leaving the store, my mom said, did you notice that there were about three or four of the employees were following you around the store? Your mom love it? Yeah. And she my was mom, like- all, My mom she, loves she it. She was all excited about it. And I <laughs> yeah. said to her, mom, take the context away and just that statement. Did That's- you notice three or four people <laughs> following you around the store? And I had to explain to her, like, I know why they're following me. They know why they're following me. But there's still this animal inside of me that feels like, like, it's why a, are you yeah. following me around? You yeah. know? It's a weird thing, but it's also like, it, you what did for we expect? Yeah, yeah. Ask for so it. it's a, it's just a. And it does, you know, like I've seen, knowing Will Ferrell for a million years, like I've seen, I've been out with Will Ferrell and felt like, oh, Will Ferrell's like not as nice as he used to be. And then you see what Will Ferrell has to go through to go have lunch. He can't, yeah, there's so many And he so can't be as nice as he yeah. used to be. And he's not being mean, he's not being a dick, but he's just definitely, you have to make these rules when you're Will Ferrell. Yeah. I mean, I'm not Will Ferrell, so no, I get me neither. it pretty it's easily, like not, yeah. It's not like every time I go yeah. out, you're like, no, but I have been with, I mean, Amy. Yeah. You know, there are people where it's like, you know you're going to be, someone is coming up to you all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. I love this story because I can't believe I was this stupid. I was in Chicago mm-hmm. and I was at, I was sitting in a hotel uh, and I go down to get a coffee from the bar and I was like, hey, can I get a coffee? And the the woman was like, went and got the coffee and she came back and she was like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, I'm being so weird. I'm starstruck. And I said out, I was like, what? Who's here? <laughs> I was like, oh my God, wait, what? I love Who is it. here? And she was like, no, like I love the show, and I was like, "You, yeah, yeah." Thank you. What a fucking like. It's like a programmed thing, yeah, and yeah. I like it. But I'm also like, yeah. "You're a fucking idiot, yeah, Abby." Yeah, yeah. 
No, but I was like, can, who? Is there's here? always, I mean, because I I've had people go like, you look familiar to me, and I say it's probably because I'm uh, the sidekick on the Conan O'Brien show, and they're like, no. <laughs> I mean, that, you know, there's all kinds of versions of it. There's also the version of, like, I've learned the rule of if I hear somebody yell Andy, I don't turn. Because I've just, over time on the street, people shouting my name. Usually what they want to do is the confirmation that it's me, and then they don't want to, you know. It's like, it's like uh, Andy. And then I turn, and they're like, yep, it's him. And then they, <laughs> you know. They're like. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's like, him. And I'm like, oh, okay. I just pause my day <laughs> for you to. Yeah, yeah. For you to check your, do a visual IMDB check. <laughs> um, so let's get to uh, where you're going. I mean, what, I know you've got, you're, you're developing, and this is really exciting, a League of Their Own television series? Is yeah. that what you're doing? Yeah. And how, is that like coming to fruition? Yeah, so it's been like kind of a interest. It's been a while, but we, I think we're now at like the about to make a pilot stage. Wow, that's great. Which is how do you how do really you really scary? How do you like get the rights to something like so that? So how does someone, little old you go? And I, I didn't. I wasn't f- the one. So Will Graham, uh-huh. who like sure ran Mozart in the Jungle for a while. He's like written on a bunch of shows and did Onion News Network years ago. He is a friend of mine and came to me and asked me if I wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, like, yeah. who would oh, say wow. no to that? But I also, you know, I love that movie. Mm-hmm. As a kid, I love that movie. I love it now. It holds up. Yeah, it's a great in movie. In certain ways. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, I don't think I'm interested in making like a ensemble white woman show. Uh, straight white woman show, yeah. which is that version of that movie, what yeah, that yeah. is. And he was like, me neither. And, you know, the more research we did for the league, which we did, which was so cool. It's with Amazon. And they gave us money to really research the league. And, like, yeah. we met a player who was, like, 95 and walks with a cane that's a baseball bat. Oh, wow. It's, like, 60 or 70% of the women in the, in the league were gay. Uh-huh. And that's, like, no one in the movie's gay. Yeah. Like, Rosie O'Donnell isn't even gay right. in the movie. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, that's the 90s version, Yep. you know, of that. Yeah. Also, black women were not allowed to try out, and Cuban women were on the team and were whitewashed. There's a lot of, like, very interesting things that were not discussed about the league. Right. Also, like, it was just, you know, if we're still dealing with sexism and all that stuff now, I mean, like... They dealt with it a little bit, but I'm like, they had to wear skirts. It was like very like male gazy. Yeah, yeah. And that there's so much that is relevant to right now that we want to discuss on the TV version. Yeah. So it's almost as if I get really nervous because I'm like, people are going to think that we're like going to be like, you Woking know. Woking it up. We're, I mean, it is a little bit, yeah, but yeah. I'm more nervous that people are going to be like, here we go, Tom Hanks. And, G-, you know, oh, that, oh, it's not that. It's yeah. almost like, so Penny Marshall watched there's like a 30 minute documentary about the league and she watched that and she was like i want to make a movie version she got writers and that was her version yeah and their version of watching this doc and it's almost like will and i and the other collaborators watch this doc and this is our present day version yeah so it's more of a dark comedy but it is really dealing with maybe i'm like doing this a lot more now as someone realizing their sexuality and this takes place in the 40s and this was like a talk about finding your own tribe Mm -hmm. a lot of these women like 
they went to this league, found their tribe, and then had to go home and then got married to men. Yeah. It's like this crazy yeah, yeah. little capsule that existed. Yeah. And they still, like, it was, they still had to, like, sort of hide that, but not amongst each other. Right. And then we want, we, there's a, a bunch of books and docs also about this. There's a bunch of African American women who were not allowed to try out for this league and ended up playing with men in the male Negro leagues hmm. and the male barnstorming leagues, which is like that's super even crazy. more of a, when we learned that it was like, that's the story, you know, and I'm like, am I even allowed to tell the main thing? But it is, we're, <laughs> we're following a, a white woman coming into the league yeah. and we're seeing that time period and what it was like to not be heterosexual mm-hmm. and what we're following a black woman going to the league and, and finding out what it was like to be that's a black great. woman. Yeah, and it's like, that's was, what we need to be seeing. I was going to say like, how do you crack the problem of an exclusionary league? How do you make that in? inclusive and and I was wondering I mean it's fucking hard we're not changing yeah. history we can't change history yeah because that's it's I was not, thinking like do you want to change history into like a few black women got to no, play just no, no. so you can do you know no it's not that that's been like the hardest part of um this is telling that story right and yeah. accurate and I'm also like it's a comedy what the fuck yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, what yeah. am I there's a lot it's got to be funny that's it's got to be funny I've, but also it has to be that's the I hate when you watch something that is sugarcoating a, a thing that we are still fucking dealing with. Yeah. It's like, no, this is still so relevant now. Yeah. And like I'm writing from a, a white perspective, which is obviously my own, and I'm writing from a black perspective. And there are also black people writing for that too. But mm-hmm. I'm also like, man, I we gotta I we have to figure out how to tell that story. Yeah. Which has not been told. Yeah. The others have. Yeah. So I'm excited and very nervous. Yeah. Well, you're also tackling something that I think is one of the hardest things, and we just talked about a second ago, which is to do something important that's a comedy. Because if you do short shrift to either one, like if you kind of like downplay the sort of more positive sort of sociological aspects of it, it's going to seem cheap and shitty. And if you – don't make it funny, it's not going to be fun. It's a fine line. People come to a comedy because they want to have fun. And if it just ends up being educational? No, I think it's like a weird – like I can't really find another show with the tone we're trying to find, which is like there's going to be really funny moments. Yeah. And I think I'm like kind of relying on myself being in it to be like, okay, I can figure that out. Yeah. But – you're dealing with such heavy issues. Mm-hmm. Like we're dealing with bigotry and racism. Yeah. And like, that's not very funny. Mm-mm. But within those communities, they're experiencing life the same way we are. So yep. like, there's funny things happening Absolutely. to them. Absolutely. It's not like the 40s, no one was like laughing at anything. Right, right. So it's a dark comedy. Yeah. And, I, and I'm used to more of a slapstick sure. comedy. So I, I have to really figure out how to adjust. Yeah. All right. Well, we're getting near the end here. Uh, now was now's the big philosophical wrap up. I mean, um, has all of this gone? I mean, you're young, but you've had like really wonderful success and a very particular kind of success in that much of it is on your own terms. Yeah, I think I'm 
and pretty lucky that way. Yeah. I mean, do you feel like you're fully able to sort of, are you the kind of person that can fully appreciate that? Or is there still kind of like anxiety that you need to do more? I think I'm in a moment right now where even though I'm doing other projects, they're not like happening yet. Yeah. So, and that can the show just maddening. ended yeah. and I'm doing stuff. Yeah. Like to prepare all the things, but it feels very like I'm in this in-between zone. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm sort of both of those things where I'm like, wow, like I, to look back five years ago or, or like eight years ago, I'm just like, this is incredible what's yeah. happened. And I really try to constantly remind myself how lucky and rare that journey has been. Yeah. But I also am constantly like, but how I got there was being this like workaholic. So mm-hmm. I'm like, the anxiety is always looming of like, well, I got to do this and this and this. I'm not doing enough and this. And I do also have to remind myself like the, on my own terms, like this industry, and I'm in LA a lot more now, which I think makes you just be in the industry more, whether like New York, I felt very kind of outside of it in a good way. Show business is one of many industries in New York. Yeah. It's the industry. It's the industry here. And I, so I feel like, I'm like, well, where do I, where do I fit in? What, what, like, what should I do? And it's like, wait, I got here by making something myself, like not myself, but like with ourselves. Right. And I'm like, I gotta keep that. I want to, like, if, if anything, like that's, that should be my priority. Anything Mm -hmm. else that comes lovely. But I think as long as long as I sort of keep my head down and I'm like, I can make these things happen. Lately, I've been like, I think that should be my mentality. Yeah. And not not worry about anything, like other outside things. Because that's where the anxiety kind of comes from mm-hmm. for me. Does that sort of seeking a balance, does that also cross over like into your personal life too? I mean, do you find yeah. – yeah, yeah. No, yeah. But that's my biggest issue. I have no balance. Yeah. Now that the show's over too, I'm like, man, I need <laughs> – that you know, get a life is a you know a Bart Simpson line sure, or whatever, sure. but it truly is. I've been so consumed with work and allowed that to be what I focus on for so long, and have had success from it. So it feels like a thing that right. I should continue, but it's right. like, no, I need to actually live a life too. Yeah. Do you think that you were doing it on purpose? Without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why now I'm like, gotta, gotta get the pilot, get the show, the other show going. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, for me, easier. Yeah. That's the biggest thing I'm working on now is the balance. I think one of the scariest questions in the, and this is just old Andy speaking personally, one of the scariest questions in the world is, what do you want? Truly, I, I don't fucking know. I'm 52 years old and I'm still like, <sighs> But I don't know if I you didn't. ever know, like, I think it constantly changes. Well, I've, I've often said too, like, work-wise, and I guess this would be personal too, it's a process. If you aim for a thing, when you get that thing, you're going to have this factory in you making all this stress and, and jet fuel, and you're going to ha- and it's gonna, you're going to be there. You're yeah. just going to like, so you got to make it a process and just sort of like, I want to get better at you know, whatever it is I want, you know, if you're an artist, like I want to have some gallery shows, you know, or I want to 
I want to now move away from portraiture into abstracts or just, you know. More concrete. Yeah, bread my, or, you know, spread myself out. Uh, the, the thing I, when you say, what do you want? The thing that I, I don't even know how to like, right now, I feel like if someone was like, Abby, who are you? It would completely, I would stumble around yeah. work. Yeah, only. yeah. I would stumble around, well, I do this and yeah. I'm an, like, I created, like, it's like, what? Yeah. That's not who you are. Yeah. So I kind of want to know more of who I am without that. Yeah. Which is like a huge, broad, like in the ether kind of question that mm -hmm. I don't even know where to go. No, but, I know. But that is a thing where it's like a lot of times when people, the first thing is like, well, what do you do? And it's like, well, that isn't who we really are, but it's like part of it. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. I well, like I, I'm 52, and I my, my my Twitter bio now is just I'm a dad, and that's kind of like especially with everything that's been going on in my life, that's kind of what I'm left with, is that feeling like because I, 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 certainly I'm definitely my water is all stirred up and it's all cloudy and I don't know what's going on half the time. But I do know, like, yeah, I'm a dad, and I and I will always be a dad. And before I had kids, I was a fucking dad, too. I mean, I was the one that if we were going to take acid and drive to the Indiana Dunes, I'd be like, I don't think we should, but if we do, I'll drive. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it's funny because yeah. my son's 18, and his friends call him dad because he's the that's one that's really all, cute. Yeah, he's the one that's like, I don't think we should do that, guys. Or like, that means I'll you drive. did a really good job. Yeah, yeah. But so I I am a dad, but I also look at the shortcomings of calling myself that because I'm defining myself by my children through and, other people, yeah, yeah, someone else, and by my and, and you know and sort of like living in reaction to their existence, and I and so it's like right because they would as, never be like I'm a son, yeah, 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 even though that will always be true, and yeah, and I mean, and in, in in one sense, I feel very proud to say. I'm a dad and I feel very good about it. And I, and it's the most important work I'll ever do. But I also do feel like I'm putting a lot on them by like defining my existence. But it them, also you like know? you can look at it like the fact that you are using that, choosing that as your definition yeah. says all the characteristics of being a dad. Yeah. Like why you would make that your priority. Yeah, yeah. That means you're caring and thoughtful and gent you know, like all those things are in that description. Yes. So that's there's not yeah. a lot of ways where you can kind of like sum up like a shitty dad would never be like, I'm a dad. You know what I mean? <laughs> well actually maybe could, they yeah, would yeah. maybe they would, but it wouldn't be like yeah, the yeah. one thing. Maybe nobody would the buy first it. thing. Nobody yeah. would buy it. But, but yeah, it's it's you do have to kind of figure out who you are separate from other things. It's really hard. I don't I think it's like one of those Zen conundrums that you're just supposed to work on for the rest of your life and never actually figure out, you know? Yeah, but like, let's say you were born somewhere else. All right. You would be someone totally different because of the surroundings. Yeah, that's so, like, true. you are right. I think you are right. Yeah. That does matter. Yeah. Like, if you were in a natural disaster, yeah. you're forever different. Yeah, yeah. But you're right. the, you still have the core of who you but are. But, like, you're changed. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I think we've really solved a lot of the world's problems. I'm going. Here today. I'm going right to therapy now. Uh, Are you no, really? No, no, no. Are no. you really? <laughs> no, I actually did have it right before this. Though. Did you? Facetime, baby. How'd it go? Oh, you do Facetime? 
Yeah, she's in New York. Yeah, I do. I do. I've been doing phone to New York for 25 years. Really? I mean, yeah. Yeah, well, not not for 25 years. I've been going to him for 25 years, but about 19 years. Wow. Yeah, by phone. Mostly by phone. I don't to the, love it that way, but get, it's like- You get used to it. Yeah. All right. Well, good luck with the therapy. Thanks. It's the best. Have you been going for a while? Uh, Like four years. Yeah. All right. So go to therapy. Yeah. <laughs> this is Abby the first I, episode. Abby and I say, go to therapy. Now. <laughs> Don't listen to another podcast. Just go to therapy. All right, Abby, this has been uh, a joy. This has what been a joy. Really, really great. And I'm so happy that you could do this. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm happy to have you. And I hope that someday, you know, we can do this again on like, you know, my 6,000th episode or something. I'll have you back I'd before love to. Then. I'd yeah. love to. And I'd like to thank all of you out there for giving us a listen uh, on the three questions with Andy Richter. Tune in every Tuesday. We're going to be talking to some wonderful people and learning a lot, and there will be a lot of awkward sharing. That's what I specialize in. All right, thanks, guys. Uh, See you next time. The Three Questions with Andy Richter is a Team Coco and Earwolf production. It's produced by me, Kevin Bartelt, executive produced by Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Chris Bannon and Colin Anderson at Earwolf. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, associate produced by Jen Samples, and engineered by Will Beckton. And if you haven't already, make sure to rate and review The Three Questions with Andy Richter on Apple Podcasts. Can't you tell my loves are growing? This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.